On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, we are talking about the costliest known thunderstorm event in modern U.S. history, the August 10th, 2020 derecho. It's been a while since we've had a nice little conversation, so let's sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, depending on whenever you're listening to this wonderful little podcast. It's been a while. We're back. Molly, how are you? I'm good. Adam, how are you? It's Friday. It's my also my Monday, but also Friday. It's, it's a weird day. Yeah, it's been weird lately. It's a weird day. The, the best day of the week because it's also not 9,000 degrees outside. Oh my gosh. <sighs> it was hot. Although yesterday, Thursday, uh, we had all that rain. It actually... That actually felt good because we didn't have to. It was, I mean, it was wet. It was very, very wet for many, uh, but it was, it was, it wasn't too bad. I'm just glad we're not boiling outside already. I mean, I saw those dew points, man, seventy something. I was like, mm, that's not fun. For There's anyone. not many things that make grown men cry, but uh, eighty degree dew points will do it. Okay, yeah. it'll make this grown man cry. I'll cry, but I cried a lot of things. So. <laughs> I'm very emotional. I'm passionate. <laughs> Uh, I'm Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates, uh, joined by Meteorologist Molly Nays. Hi. And Meteorologist Adam Sherwinski. What's going on? And I'm gesturing in, gen- in their general directions as if you can actually see me. It's all right. It's just a reflex at this point, being a meteorologist, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it is. It is. We point and gesture when we talk. Talk with our hands. Uh, how you guys been? Good. It's been a while. Yeah. Been We've had vacations busy. and um time off so we and we we have a rule we don't record unless we're all together so yeah it's it's been we i actually had some requests when are you guys shooting your next uh, or making your next little podcast Yay! episode so i know people want to listen so we got to give the people what they want but yeah. uh, all right adam you got any on this day i know our topic is a day on this day in weather history but we have some other events let's go over them well we haven't been around for a while so there's a lot to talk about i'm not going to talk about every single thing that happened within the last anniversary of things that have happened the last couple of weeks but let's get into it so august 10th 1856 a hurricane destroyed isla or isle dineres i'm gonna probably butcher that one or last island a pleasure resort south southwest of new orleans on august 10th 1856 the highest points of the island were under five feet of water so that's a lot of water and it's right there along the gulf coast august 11th 2017 we're going to china and ef4 struck areas of chifang in the inner mongolia region of china reached a width of one mile roughly and killed a total of five people injuring 58 and the tornado destroyed well-built homes debarked trees and mangled vehicles here let's go to cincinnati ohio and f3 tornado august 9th 1969 a 22.2 mile path within the tornado's path and about Roughly 2,500 homes had been destroyed, 247 injuries, four people killed, and last but certainly not least, August 7th, your boy's birthday, that's my birthday, (laughs) 1904, a flash flood in Eden, Colorado, or eight miles north of Pueblo, washed a train from the tracks, killing 96 passengers. The bridge was weakened by the floodwaters and gave way under the weight of the train. So there's some weather facts for you. Didn't try to do all tornadoes, even though it's that time of year where we get a lot of historic tornadoes still. Otherwise, though, this day in weather history, 
great source there on Facebook. That's where I get all mine from. I love it. I love it. Now, on this day in history, if we were to kind of, it is actually the 13th, but let's go back and talk about uh, one of the more recent uh, events and how recent last year uh, was the August 10th. Uh, 2020 Midwest uh, Midwest Doratio. It's some people call it the Corn Belt Doratio, uh, but uh, that was one that escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> it really did. That was the the risk um, assessment. You know, the, the the SBC outlooks. You know, really started ramping up. I think they may have even issued a special one mid morning. They, they did. So to to get I, that ready. I remember for both morning shows. I think. Most of Central Illinois was in that slight risk or level two, mm-hmm. and we were kind of like, "Oh yeah, 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 level two risk out of five. You know, we're all right." By the end of the morning show, we were in a level three. I was like, "Okay, okay, keep an eye on this." You and I talked on my morning break, and then by the time I had come back in to get ready for the noon show, portions of Northern Illinois were in a level four out of five risk. So there yeah. was couple of updates within a few hours of each other. Yeah, at 716, uh, SPC uh, issued the broader slate risk for Central Illinois and then had a lot of the a lot of a lot of us in uh, level 3 enhanced. And then by uh, before 11 o'clock they had gone ahead and issued that mm-hmm. moderate level 4 threat. And that was when it became abundantly clear that these storms were going to cause some problems. Um, quite impressive. Let me uh, kind of go over here uh, some of the run through the National Weather Service, by the way, um, you can find these links on their website. I actually have some great information on this whole event, so I encourage you to check it out. Uh, let me kind of read you their intro paragraph uh, to this. So on August 10th, 2020, a large and intense line of thunderstorms known as a deratio, we'll get more into that definition here in just a minute, uh, swept across much of the Midwest, producing wind damage to an area more than 90,000 square miles. The ratio resulted in $11.5 billion worth of damage, making it the costliest known thunderstorm event in modern U.S. history. Now, peak wind gusts uh, were estimated to top 140 miles per hour in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and there were at least 26 tornadoes that were spawned by the storm. Uh, more than 20 million people lived in the damaged, uh, damaged footprint of the ratio, with at least 1 million customers losing power. And some more, uh, some of them were without power for about two weeks or more than two weeks. And of course, there were uh, with these type of storms. There's typically injuries that uh, uh, that come along with this, and so there were numerous injuries. And we did have reports of four people who did lose their lives as a result of this ratio. Now, uh, the weather service has these little great um, radar images. I forgot what the actual term of the but they have a timestamp, so like every composite. hour. Yeah, thank you, composite, composite of the storm where it from start uh, to finish. And uh, this complex uh, developed. They were what we call elevated thunderstorms originally. They were still severe. Uh, this was out over parts of South Dakota and Nebraska, but they were elevated. They were uh, sitting above the more humid air mass. But eventually that complex caught up to a frontal system and then basically followed a warm front into northern Illinois. And once it was able to grasp onto that warm front and take advantage of the unstable, the hot, humid air uh, that we had here in central Illinois that was feeding that, um, it was it really ramped up, and it did most of the damage. And you can even see it on the radar there over Cedar Rapids. That's where the—you can see where you have that backward C shape 
and it's uh it's intense. That's where you get those. That's where you have the strongest of the wind, the 140 mile per hour wind speeds there. Um, the duration of the duratio uh, for this one specifically was 14 hours, approximately, is what I'm seeing here. And it was bad. Yeah, it was a. It was, it was intense. You see the damage from these things and the wind reports and. Uh, I remember one of the reports, the one that I think the reason they were able to estimate 140 mile per hour winds is there was an antenna on top of a tower mm-hmm. uh, that had blown down. And they, they that antenna was rated to withstand 135 mile per hour winds. And so that's how they came up with that 140 mile per hour estimate. Um, this duratio also produced tornadoes and hail. And some of the largest hail was two inches in diameter uh and that was actually that was actually measured at illinois okay uh and there was multiple tornadoes but i think the highest rated out of all of it was just ef1 i was gonna say wasn't illinois where the most of those tornadoes yeah there was a lot in illinois yeah as the line was starting to you get the you get the little surges and then as the as portions of the line start to slow down while others start to speed up, you start getting just a little bit of, you get some kinks in the line, mm-hmm. and that's where you get those little brief spin-ups. I remember when we, when we had those warnings here, because we had severe thunderstorm warnings from that line issued across our entire viewing area. Obviously, the worst of it was up north. There was a lot of tree damage in areas like Streeter and LaSalle, Peru. LaSalle County, uh, Bureau County, Putnam County were hit quite hard in our viewing area from that. Ottawa got a tornado. Yep. A lot of stuff along I-80 got yep. hit pretty hard. But I remember seeing vi- uh, just pictures coming out of Streeter of all the large, tr- I mean, very large tree limbs that were blowing down. And, and I mean, there wasn't a, it wasn't a tornado. It was just, it was it was the wind. Mm-hmm. Now, Peoria, uh, we got, we, we had, we were on the... Sp- on the weaker end of the line, but we had 60 to 70 mile per hour gusts. But I remember we were on air treating that whole thing like a tornado warning. Just that you got to get in shelter. There's uh, this is producing just swaths of tornado like damage. Yeah, people forget mm-hmm. that we go back to this all the time. Straight line winds can sometimes be more damaging, if not worse, than a tornado. Yeah. Tornado is pretty much one spot, one location of really bad damage, but a straight line wind event can knock trees and build or not buildings but trees and do damage to buildings and knock things down with a long wide path much wider than what tornadoes could get i mean miles we're talking miles uh, uh we had that uh more recent high wind event um i think we had a, a line of storms mainly northern illinois earlier mm-hmm. this week uh, a lot of folks were asking i don't know did they ever officially qualify that as a duratio um i haven't no, seen no people have thrown that word around but i don't know if it qualified i know Mm-mm. a couple weeks ago even before that they had that stuff in wisconsin that was i think they were like everyone's like duratio i think it's gonna be a duratio and it i don't know if it got that bad or not i don't remember i think that one actually ended up building further west it came down south and actually hit a <laughs> kind of hit a, it wasn't as strong but it did that's what it right. turned it turned south uh, south well for those who are wondering what the because we get a lot of these this time of year i mean the upper midwest the northern plains are hotbeds for these duratios during you know during the month of august in particular um so here's the definition of them um they're large swaths of wind damage but they have to extend uh, more than 240 miles and include wind gust of at least 58 miles per hour or greater for most of its length now there's also one other caveat that they like to see and that's uh very frequent 
or intermittent gust of at least 75 to be considered a derecho. So you got to hit that 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 last one there, that 75 mile per hour. Now it kind of depends on what definition you look at, because some people don't uh, don't include that 75 mile per hour definition to consider a derecho. Uh, but usually, it's, if you for the ones that people remember, you know, this one from last year is going to people are going to remember for a very very long time. Um, those are the ones that you're having 75 mile per hour gust a lot and i think it's good to reserve the term duratio uh, for some of those those type of events as opposed to just a regular mcs mm-hmm. um but again quite an impressive storm from start uh, to finish doing a lot of damage and, and just watching it really ramp up um one thing to really mention too is that for days if not months you could see in iowa just the crop damage i mean it blew down lots of corn and Iowa is one of the big corn producers here in the entire Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend, actually, uh, Joy, uh, Joy Bettenhausen. She's probably not wi- listening, but if she is, hi, Joy. Um, she recently moved to Waterloo at that point. She's a meteorologist. Um, and she was telling me how it was just rough. I mean, for the next couple of weeks, all she did was, besides you know her on-air duties, she also did a lot of stuff, uh, just going to places, checking out how they're doing, damage reports, or checking on damage and stuff, reporting on the damage. Um, and she said some of those fields were just, I mean, those yields are gone. There's yeah. lots of, I, how much did we say? I don't know if you mentioned how much we, how much damage it was, but it was in the billions, right? It was in the billions. Uh, Over 11 billion. 11 billion, and that's probably a lot of it's billion. just crop and agriculture damage alone because, yep. I mean, People don't think corn's a lot, but when you get fields of it completely torn apart, and you can see it on satellite too. Yeah, yeah you can. That see, was the craziest mm-hmm. part. Yeah, you can see if you would go over some of the lower polar orbiting satellites that would come through and look. Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> it looks. It looks like someone put their hand down and went. Yep. Basically, flat. yeah. Yep. Um, I know. I saw a that one of the TV stations out of Cedar Rapids uh, has a camera that faces their entire studio that they do for like end of the show camera shots uh and they showed that camera when they had to evacuate the studio because they were they're not in the ground level building like we are they're in more of a high rise Mm -hmm. uh their cameras were shaking and they were asked to leave the studio because they were worried that one of the cameras was going to fall or one of the lights was going to fall off the ceiling Mm -hmm. um the winds were intense that you know those are winds you typically would associate with hurricanes, they they call uh, derecho's land hurricanes that's, a lot. They're very yeah. I mean they they look nothing but yeah. They're this the the impacts are they're at least now at least for for a short period of time. Now one thing that was crazy about that, if you watch videos of this, uh, you would often expect that your strongest winds are going to come with right on the leading edge, but this was, it was strong up front and then it got stronger, mm-hmm. and then it got stronger, mm-hmm. and it was it was. You know, we we talk. Yeah, okay, you get you're getting sixty mile per hour gust, seventy mile per hour, seventy five mile per hour gust. But at that point, it's almost more than just gust because it's it's holding for ten, fifteen minutes of over sixty. I mean, it's kind of a for the Midwest. It's the closest thing we'll ever see to a you know to experiencing hurricane conditions. Now, for hurricanes, imagine being stuck in that for hours, days, <laughs> days. Even. I mean, if you've gotten one that's just not moving, um, that's that's nuts. I've actually been in, I think it would be considered a serial derecho. I don't remember the exact event. It'd have to be the last time the Blackhawks, one of the last times the Blackhawks won the uh, 
uh, Stanley Cup because I remember listening to it and then hearing it go out. And uh, I was watching it. Power went out when the first line came through and then the second line came through. I was listening to it on radio. I can't remember the year off the top of my head. I remember I still worked at the golf course. So it was, I think, around college. But it got to a point where you know, I thought a branch fell on our uh, our, and our uh, house, and it was bad. We, they, the, the grill got destroyed. The grill, of all things, got destroyed that during that event. Um, and as a big guy myself, I was very disappointed that our grill got destroyed, but we had a new one. Um, but, I mean, there, <laughs> I remember walking outside, and there was nothing but tree branches all over the place. I think one of the branches actually uh, blocked my parents' Uh, the driveway so we had to move that and the last time we had I think that same ratio granted the damage wasn't quite as bad as out in Iowa but even then what was left in Indiana was enough to knock down a couple branches here and there and the one was blocking the driveway again at home dad was like I gotta find a way you're not here I gotta find a way to move this Um, but I was not in Indiana I wasn't here in Illinois or Indiana during that time period uh, from last year's storm but I watched it Um, it was a very interesting event to watch from afar the I was reading the power outages were so widespread that linemen from other like districts and Mm. everything were being sent into Iowa and to other portions of Illinois Mm -hmm. to help get everything restored. And it took weeks to get power restored. One thing I want to bring up, this might be an interesting topic to compare it to other derechos. Because the 2009 super derechos, when I think of uh, back in t- obviously 2009 um <laughs> but um you know would this be considered a super derecho too that came through because it like you said it's the most powerful severe thunderstorm event ever in the u.s so i wonder if that fits the category or not i don't know uh, do, do we know why they called it a super derecho i'll look i don't know why specifically but i do know that with that storm fun fact uh one of the things when you read the Wikipedia article, it says a uh, TV station tower came down on its own station. Uh, that was the station I was at, uh, KOD KSN. Uh, they were finishing up part of the tower, doing some new uh, adjusting on it and making sure it was all hunky-dory, and then it fell on the TV station. Mm. Nobody got hurt. Um, and it's in a neighborhood, or next to a neighborhood, too, so some of the houses got hit as well. But it was a long event. It went all the way from Kansas yeah. to the Appalachian states, through southwest Missouri and Missouri. Joplin got hit pretty hard. Um, I've got uh, some people I know that have video of them going through it during the day when it popped right through, uh, them holding on to fire trucks to make sure that they're okay. Um, I, I do remember this event, now that I'm looking back at it, mm-hmm. um, because I remember I was still in Wyoming at the time. I was about a year into my mm-hmm. career. And, uh, yeah, those I remember the next day running talking about this and saying these storms originated off of our mountains Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and really you know went across eastern colorado but yeah that's a all the way from eastern colorado through western kansas through southeast kansas and to west virginia yeah west virginia i mean southern illinois and southern missouri got hit pretty hard by it Uh, my grandparents still lived in southern illinois at the time and uh, I think they lost power. A lot of the area down there lost power. And they got multiple reports of tornadoes, too. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's another big event. If you ever want to look up more uh, derechos, that's a, the super derecho is another big one. The um, satellite time lapse of that moving is insane. Yeah. It looks like an, a hurricane floating across the Midwest. 2009? Yes. That's, yeah. yeah it's, it's great. Yeah. Actually, uh, one of the reporters... Uh, who's a good friend of mine that used to work at KODKSN, one of our sister stations, 
um, where the tower fell, was actually out reporting on another event. The I think it was the pitcher tornado. Uh, okay. Uh, that happened. It was the anniversary, or they were doing a story about it, and all of a sudden, it was yeah, it was because it was a couple of years later, a year or so later, and uh, all of a sudden, hey, by the way, <laughs> here comes the storm. Now this one, um, this 2009 one, um, looks like the tornadoes were stronger with it mm-hmm. mm. um, compared to what we had last year. Um, it, it clearly attracted a lot further. Because mm-hmm. it, it almost, I mean, it reju- it, it, it rejuvenated, <laughs> it, it strengthened again, and, and the MCS, you know, the MCV, mm-hmm. Mesco Convective Vortex, then spawned, you know, strengthened again, and it just continued along back into Kentucky and West Virginia. It just cranked. It, well, that's what kept yeah. it going for so long. I mean, look, I mean, that's what, you can't see at home, obviously, but no. the distance is all the way, again, from eastern Colorado, from where the storms originated, to, I guess, the actual formation of the derecho itself would be from western far western kansas all the way into appalachia the edge of kentucky even into the carolinas almost virginia and carolinas so that's a long track for mm-hmm. even a duratio that's pretty long yeah that's yeah that's whew. i want to know i'm trying to find the mileage on this um and I, i'm not seeing it long. long it's just long yeah uh so that one uh, it did, probably didn't do as much damage uh dollar wise which is what Net Roughly last year, five hundred million, five hundred million, and Roughly, so, yeah. uh, a lot less than what the what last year's the twenty twenty one did. Yeah, it uh, four direct deaths, two indirect deaths from it. Um, the maximum rating of the tornado was EF three. It was fifteen hours and twenty eight minutes. The whole thing. Okay, that's a long storm. Another thing to consider is the August tenth twenty twenty duration, the Corn Belt Midwest duration. Uh, pretty much rolled right along and ju- and north of Interstate 80. There's a lot of population right along there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're going from uh, from Des Moines. That's where where you're really starting to get some of the heavier impacts there. Uh, Quad some, cities. You got Des Moines. You're going through Cedar Rapids. You're going through the Quad Cities, mm-hmm. and you're going through all of Northern Illinois. Which, mm-hmm. I've, it you know, we got some pretty good sized towns, but you also have. I mean, that whole section is just. It's it's named a corn belt for a reason. I mean, there's corn. There's corn. There's you know, and that that ooh, what that does as far as you know financial part, especially this late in the year. Um, there's no really recovering Mm-mm. at that point, especially for farmers when harvest is a couple months away. A couple months away, like two. And so. you have to, when talking about population impact, that impacted the Chicago metro area too. Yes, yes it, it did. did. Yep. Towards the very end. A lot of those parks, I uh, was just looking at it before we start our podcast, a lot of the parks for days that the park district had to clean up mm-hmm. branches and debris. And you're just, I mean, if you go back and you can find these videos on, on YouTube and stuff, but, I mean, you watch the, you see the trees blowing, you know, you're watching these videos on people's ring cameras and stuff, you see the trees blowing, all of a sudden you see, as the wind picks up, you're now seeing just larger and larger branches just coming out of seemingly nowhere mm-hmm. you're like where did that <laughs> come from and it, it, it that was seen it throughout much of the you know along that whole stretch there i saw um in a documentary about it uh a not national weather service or ema storm chaser but a train spotter went out and was of the opinion prior to people figuring out that oh this is going to be really really bad was getting situated in his spot and thought, okay, you know, I'm facing into the wind. I've got myself oriented. 
Uh, and he even said, you know, as this progressed, the sky just kept getting darker and darker and darker and the winds would pick up. He said, but it wasn't even there yet. And the winds yeah. were already picked up ahead of it. I'm looking at the, the vertical wind profile data coming from various radar sites. Um, that's pretty neat to look at. If you, uh, we'll see if we can get this posted on our website, ciproud.com. So you can take a look at, uh, and also, I mean, the National Weather Service has, has done all the, all the, all the hard work. <laughs> Easy there, Adam. I punched, Easy. I punched Easy. my mic. I apologize Easy, for that. Easy, Adam. Uh, anyway, it's really cool because you can see the um, you can see the rear inflow jet and the wind surging down towards the surface as this thing blows through. Um, it, it's uh, ooh, that's gnarly. Yeah, derechos are never fun. When that <clears throat> word is thrown around, it is not taken lightly. Well, no, I, nor should it be taken lightly. I so that morning it was just Chris and I. Uh, our weekend person was out and things really did escalate quickly because we got the noon done mm-hmm. and within a few minutes of the noon getting done myself and a photog were already out ready to get ahead of it because yep. it between 12 30 and about 1 15 it had gone from the quad cities to galesburg which is about or to actually south of galesburg at that point and was barreling towards Peoria. Granted, you know, as we mentioned, we did not get the worst of it. No. We were on the, the southern edge of that. I did not realize it was Doratio until I came back to the studio that night. Because you're getting just so into the thick of it, I don't hear the word getting tossed around. No, yeah, you're just, you're just, my, you're focusing on the threats. Yeah, you're just um, out there. So... We were looking at the timeline for this because the weather service, you know, as we mentioned earlier, how quickly this ramped up. Mm-hmm. The day before, I think we had a marginal risk. And then that was further south from where everything ended up happening. And then there was there was a slight enhanced issue uh, at 716. That's where they, they issued that enhance uh, for northern Illinois. And then, as we mentioned earlier, by, by 11 a.m., they had upped that to a moderate. And then the severe thunderstorm watch uh, was issued at eleven twenty-five. That was that was a PDS, that was wasn't a PDS, it? PDS, yeah. Particularly dangerous situation. And we don't get those very often. Mm-hmm. Usually, when we talk PDS, you're usually getting a tornado watch. But when yes. for derechos, they'll go uh, they go PDS uh, severe. Uh, so hopefully, we don't deal with one of those. I mean, th- this is prime derecho country. Yeah, and the good news is we're getting towards back towards more where we focus back on typical transitional severe weather as we do yeah. in the spring and fall so mm-hmm. we're getting closer to that time period but yeah you're right it's still august it's still yep. middle august so it's still hot still a little humid in some spots and those things love very humid and uh very energized unstable atmospheres yep they tend to they'll be if you're kind of wondering if a weather pattern is you know is fa- is suitable for something like this they're going to follow the northern fringes of ridges and so all it takes is one tiny little wave kicking off some complex of storms. And this is why forecasting of the models um, this time of year gets really hard because you get one storm developing in South Dakota. However that storm behaves will then trigger, could could trigger a, a significant... Could or could not, too. Yeah, it could easily just fizzle out, mm-hmm. which I think was at least leading prior to them issuing um, all this on the day of. Prior to that, that stuff was not really expected to amount to much. It, and, how, it, and how can you account for that, really? No, you can't. It, the models do a pretty decent job at saying, hey, something, you know, 
we obviously knew there was severe weather possible, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't know. It wasn't clear exactly what f- shape and form it would come in. Right. And so um, that's why it's always, when there is severe weather possible, it's always good just to main, you know, s- stay tuned. And usually every couple hours, uh, things will change enough that, or say, hey, yeah, it's leading towards this. It's going to look like this. In this case, it was... 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, we're like, hey, this is turning into something pretty significant. And then by 11, we're like, this is going to be significant. And then there it came through. Now, yeah. we would like to have a little bit more uh, lead time. Thankfully for, for Illinois, we had enough lead time to at we least did. get the word out. Uh, folks in Des Moines, that thing, that thing escalated real quick for them. Uh, Cedar Rapids had even less time, mm-hmm. or had, had a little bit more time, but had less time than we did. Uh, so that was a, yeah, that was a tricky one. Um, something kind of positive that came out of all of this was the National Weather Service changed how they do their warnings. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And we, we've kind of talked about this before, but they are now issuing uh, more descriptive warnings, uh, destructive thunderstorms, destructive winds. They're, they're adding descriptions to it. Yeah, and, there's someone who recently did a story about that. They're doing uh, those EAS alerts, those emergency alerts that you get on your phone for whether they're amber alerts, flash flooding, tornado warnings, they're doing the same thing now. Actually, I think August 2nd is when they finally put it into place where you will get one for a severe thunderstorm warning. And those are for ones with very strong winds Mm -hmm. or very big hail, similar to a situation that would have happened last August. So had this happened this time last year, there would have been multiple... On your phone, yep. your phone going crazy, and that's and you think, oh, severe thunderstorm warning. Well, no, if if your phone's going off for that, and you don't have a weather yeah. app for it, it means it's very, very, yeah. very, the, very, very serious. The wireless emergency alerts on your phone are designed for the most severest mm-hmm. of severe weather, mm-hmm. and so when those go off, you really need to you need to pay attention to. They're not your they're not your phone app, you know, alerts. They're these are the ones that this is a significant event. So that was a good move that they. They did issue that because that way a lot of people will will at least get notified. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still not going to reach everybody that way, but it's a it's a very good good start. And it's um, a little bit more descriptive slash informative than just saying severe thunderstorm warning, which at the time that was all that we could use for it yeah. was this is a severe thunderstorm because it was. But now, we just I know on air we were like, hey. Treat this as a tornado warning because that's the kind of damage you mm-hmm. can expect from this. Even though it's not rotating, it's you're still going to see that kind of wind damage. Uh, another event that would have uh, gotten one of those tags earlier this year would have been the um, the London Mills um, and Fulton County uh, severe thunderstorm event that, that was produced in seventy to eighty mile per hour gust. Father's Day weekend, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. June. Back in June. Yeah. Oh, it's about this year. Yeah. yeah. This year. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you would have gotten one if you were in the small tornado warning area mm-hmm. for that one tornado warning, but um, where a lot of the damage happened, they were outside of the tornado warning. Uh, that's not, not the weather service didn't warn that badly. It was warned perfectly, uh, but there was no tornado warning issued for the where the wind damage was. There was mm-hmm. a severe thunderstorm warning for that. Now, they did have that tag you know, destructive tag in there. So that would have triggered your phone to go off had that program already been implemented. Right. Yep. Uh, so just something that you will get warnings. I, I still get it today. There was no warning for us in Fulton County. I'm like, well, there was. There was a severe thunderstorm warning that was issued 45 minutes before it even arrived. Uh, but it's your job to have a source to receive it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that 
There's not much you can do unless you got you got what we say. Get multiple ways. Get your weather radios. Get your apps. Have multiple apps. It doesn't hurt to have multiple apps. We like ours. We do. Ours comes through really quickly, by the way. I don't know if you've it, it, it does. does. Yeah, it does. I actually so I I have me and a meteorologist and as a media member, I have part of a text service from the through the government that so when they issue something, I get all of our warnings sent to my phone through via text message. I get them from our app faster than I get the text message from from the government, um, which I, was I'm, impressive. I'm kind of surprised. I was a little surprised yeah, by that. We're we're fast. Um, you can also turn on lightning proximity alerts. I love that. So you know something's rumbling in the distance before Big it fan approaches. Of alerts. I like those too, Me too, only because I. But I don't like it is when it goes lightning detected within your area and i'm like well son of a gun i wasn't even out at the station i didn't know it was going to happen today my, uh, wait a minute we were supposed to have storms today clearly it's <laughs> saturday for me i'm not paying attention my uh my favorite is i have another app that also does lightning proximity alerts but it's not quite as fast um i'll have a crack of lightning just over me and then 30 seconds lightning detected within 10 miles I'm like, oh, you don't say you don't say well, i've had that where it's like lightning detected within 15 miles all of a sudden rumble i'm like oh there oh, it is yep, yep, yep. there it is that's about right it's always fun by the way watching that with your location settings on the map then seeing how close it was to you yeah speaking I, of lightning the light show that we've had this week mm-hmm. uh, i was texting chris during when he was uh, was at work the other day as i was coming back from the gym and i went this is like something you'd see out of a movie um <laughs> it looked like it was like like was this a is this a video game because it was very bright very very strong, powerful CG. I mean, it looked like it had a shadow to it. I was like, well, this is somebody animated this and put it in here. It's too good <laughs> this, looking. This isn't real. This doesn't look real. But it was a lot of. I was scared to get out of my car. I don't like lightning, but scared I don't get out of my car. I mean, I like it to look at, but like to deal with that being outside in. Um, one of our cameras, my personal favorite, uh, our East Peoria camera that faces over the Illinois River. Mm-hmm. You get some scary bolts of lightning on there, and. Um, yesterday, especially with that light show, every single time there was lightning, my the aerial cameras would go fuzzy because yeah. there was so much static in the atmosphere. Yep. So much fun. Uh-huh. Yay! All right. Well, what do you say we wrap this up? It's been a good good to be back. Like a mummy? Wrap this up because they're all wrapped uh, up. That's, that's, not my, that's not the joke, though. That's not the joke. I just wanted to make a joke. Just, Molly's got the joke today. Isn't that right? Oh, are we doing mic. that joke? Yeah, let's do that joke. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me cue the cue the music in a minute here i'm ready to it i'm a little we're rusty it's a little okay. rusty it's been it's been a minute if all right our uh our pre-show would have been recorded in a, in a uh, blooper reel <laughs> I, I feel pre-show. one of these days we're just going to record our prep yeah and just air that as the podcast we should we should it, it is i swear it is just as entertaining behind the scenes with your local weather authority <laughs> and it rhymes almost it's like a train wreck all right, Molly, you ready? Get the giggles out so we can do the, deliver it. This is so. The giggles are never out. Just no. let me let me say that. So, did you know that astronauts can only run programs like Apple or Linux at the International Space Station because it's dangerous to open windows in space? <laughs>